for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoye Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we have made it to Friday without the world being blown up just yet. We have uh, Jose Nino joining us as usual, uh, hopefully, and first-time guest Aaron Smith of the Subtle Kane podcast to get his thoughts on what's happening in uh, the world. And I, I thought I'd start by mentioning this news story which uh, comes from regarding Jesse Johnson up in Canada uh, without papers pizza. I had him on the program. I interviewed him back in February earlier this year, somewhat nine months ago. Uh, Basically, they they destroyed his life. He kept his without papers pizza open. The Canadian regime shut it down. ruined his life his business i'm not sure if uh, he may have mentioned also that it may have affected his family life i don't know if it cost his marriage as well his wife but some good news here he won uh the court case recently uh he said that it was not me that broke the law but the law itself uh so all the charges were dropped and uh there's a short clip of him um giving a, a speech i guess coming out of the the court so let, let's go ahead and play this clip i plan on uh, pursuing a civil suit yes uh it is a, a, a bittersweet irony what happened here today uh, my restaurant was shut unadjudicated i was uh, deemed uh, guilty without going to a court of law they shut a man's business down of 20 years uh two families that depended on that 30 people that were employed by it, the millions of uh, dollars in taxes that I collected every year because I did what? Because I chose to accept all and to extend my love to all the fine people of Calgary. A travesty uh, of justice is what what, what occurred. Really, truly a shame, a grotesque perversion of hospitality. Uh, And I hope hope and pray that uh, my brothers and the sisters in the restaurant industry will stand up in the future uh, and refuse to discriminate any of their customers for any reason whatsoever. Uh, It was truly a, a a shame what happened to the hospitality industry. Has it been a difficult two years for you? It's mo- mo- the most in- uh, difficult uh, experience of my life. Uh, these bastards, they literally tried to break me. They tried to break me financially, they tried to break me mentally, and they tried to break me spiritually, uh, and they almost came close. Uh, if it wasn't for the good people that joined me here today, the many who uh, I fought with on the streets of Calgary, in the prairies at Coots, uh, in Winnipeg, all across Canada, the millions who rose up to defend our rights and freedoms in this great, great land, uh, we need to uh, pray to Jesus Christ to offer us forgiveness uh, and uh, to give us the light to fight further into the future. What is your message to people who are still fighting against against these charges, against the government? The government is still going after them. Never give up hope. Never give up hope. Uh, and uh, believe in yourself. Uh, one thing I've learned across this journey is that uh, the power of the human spirit is indomitable. Uh, and if there's a mountain in front of me, that mountain shall move. Great uh, words there from Jesse. Again, my interview with Jesse is in the TNT Radio archive um i think he had a pretty good following on x twitter wo pizza but if you go there it says account suspended so his account is suspended on twitter uh x 
I, I came across this historical note yesterday, which I thought was hilarious. I thought I'd share Daily Mirror, 1942. Uh, and here's just an excerpt from this um, Daily Mirror newspaper. Radio fatigue is the latest U.S. disease. It is produced by too much listening to emotional broadcasts of war news and the ranting of misguided propagandists who stir up emotions. It merely produced headaches, stomach aches, loss of sleep, and wastage of our most precious national resource, emotional drive. <laughs> so I think that's actually very relevant uh, today. We might even call it podcast fatigue, um, the ranting of misguided podcasters uh, and what content creators and whatnot. So again, just proof that history, there's nothing new under the sun, really, from radio fatigue to podcast fatigue and, and, and so forth. Uh, uh, some uh, interesting news here regarding Dan Andrews. Daniel Andrews, uh, former premier, has copped an embarrassing defeat after uh, he was blocked from joining one of Melbourne's most elite uh, golf clubs by angry uh, members. I guess they were um, angry, of course, because of the COVID lockdowns uh and so forth uh so they did not approve his uh, membership so he can't uh, play golf in the club there so a little bit of justice there we should make all these people how you say pariahs personas non gratas and this is an absolute crazy story ibm pulls ads from x after activists complaints of nazi content it's like whoa 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 hold your horses edwin black who i've interviewed the renowned jewish historian wrote the book ibm and the holocaust ibm created the paper computers for the nazi regime to classify jews and carry out the holocaust and ibm where's the, the irony here ibm pulls ads from x complaining about nazi content right um and then i don't know what's going on here there's this lady bethany mandel who's got a big following she comments uh on dr taylor marshall you know he's talking about ben shapiro and candace owens i i personally i don't really care for candace owens or ben shapiro or none of that stuff but dr taylor says i'm praying that ben shapiro finds faith in the only true king of the jews our lord jesus christ and bethany mandel says this is anti-semitic uh are, are you serious? I mean, seriously, this is getting tired. So my response to Bethany was, uh, this is Antichrist. If you look at the definition of Antichrist, it says a person antagonistic to Christ. So being a Christian now, according to people like Bethany, is anti-Semitic. Are you for real? Seriously. It's um, it's, it's really, it's getting out of hand, this this sort of um, talk and, and, and rhetoric. So yeah, that's... Uh, that's what's going on. Do you have a suggestion for a possible guest or host you'd like to hear on TNT Radio? Or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss. We'd love to hear from you. Fill out the suggestion form at tntradio.live. It's at the top of the website. Or message any individual host or presenter through our contact form. We will get your message. Uh, I love hearing from uh, people. Help us make a difference on TNT Radio. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A new poll 
proves what most of us probably already suspected that more Americans are losing trust in the U.S. criminal justice system as they are more divided on how to address problems with crime in the United Soviet States of America. Here with the story joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark aka Ruckus. Thanks Rory. Who doesn't like a good survey especially this time of year uh, election season and whatnot. Okay so um, according to a Gallup poll, so one of the nice, big, serious ones, this was released on November 16th. Uh, that was just yesterday. 58% of Americans say the U.S. criminal justice system is not tough enough to handle crime. A sharp plunge from 41% who said so in the 2020 poll. When asked about their opinion about the U.S. criminal justice system, a quarter of Americans say the system is about right down from 35% from three years ago, while 14% say it is too tough. The Gallup poll has asked the question six times since 1992, when 83% of Americans said the system was not tough enough, while only 2% thought it was too tough at the time. The results, no surprise, vary among ages, races, and political affiliations. Older Americans think the criminal justice system needs to be tougher. Among Americans older than 55, 68% think the criminal justice system is not tough enough. 22% say it is about right, and 8% say too much, too tough. In the group aged 18 to 34, 42% say the system is not tough enough. 34% believe it is about right, and 21% too tough. Most Republicans have consistently said the criminal justice system needs to be tougher over the years, while Democrats have the same view, ranging from 25 to 62 percent, according to Gallup. In the 2023 survey, 81 percent of Republicans say the criminal system is not tough enough, while 40 percent of Democrats think the same. When asked whether the system is about right, 13 percent of Republicans think so, compared with 33% of Democrats. In addition, 4% of Republicans said it was it, it is too tough, but 24% of Democrats hold the same view. It's a stark difference. 63% of white adults think the criminal justice system is not tough enough, while 49% of people of color agree. 29% of white adults say the system is about right, and 24% of people of color think the same. Moreover, 12% of white adults believe it is too tough, too tough, compared to the 20% who say so among people of color. So there are the numbers on that. Regarding the system's fairness in treating people accused of committing crimes, this is where it's kind of telling. Less than half of Americans, 49%, say criminal suspects are treated fairly. The result shows a significant drop from 20 years ago when about two-thirds of U.S. adults held the same view. So that was interesting. Uh, there was one other thing, too. Do, 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 do. What was it? Uh, I forgot. There it is. The uh, When it comes to asking about the approaches to lower the crime rates, so what can we do to, to fix it? 64% of Americans think more resources, such as more money and effort, should address economic and social problems. In comparison, 35% say those resources should go to strengthening law enforcement. Uh, and I guess those results have been consistent over the years since 1989. Um, and I think that was divided strongly across the political spectrum. Uh, so, yeah, um, no surprise from this poll. But uh 
Yeah, if we can't trust, see, just so many things we just nobody has trust in anymore. Harvori, it's it's not a good sign, is it? Well, when our governments have become democidal, what can one expect? Uh, and you mentioned people would like more money to spend on to to be spent on this stuff. And I mean, sorry, you know, we got to send it to Ukraine and Zelensky for his mansions, um, for the military industrial complex to Israel, to transgenderism, transgenderism uh, programs via the State Department where, where they're supporting and, and pushing this stuff in Latin America and Middle East. Sorry, you know, we, we don't got money um, anymore. And especially I was reading a story today from MSN that says uh, U.S. credit gets downgraded as signs of default become clearer. So, uh, you know, all the money that's left, they're quickly sending it away to uh their 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 pals their partners in crime it kind of reminds me of my discussion I had a fantastic discussion last night uh ruckus with Donnie Darkened uh and uh you know the the counterfeit new world order how this current system is collapsing so you know it's kind of as you're detail detailing um to make way for the new new world order the true new world order um, or, you know, we've talked about this before. That's this is the whole program of technocracy. Get rid of the inept uh current political apparatchiks and functionaries uh, to make way for algocracy, you know, government run by AI uh and a couple of experts managing the AI. Uh, you know, we're all gonna be using digital apps now to get to do all of your government bureaucracy you're just gonna do it through your smartphone so we don't really need like a local mayor or not, none of that stuff uh you know so but it's 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 a trend I, I think not just in the U.S. but globally your, your further thoughts oh yeah I mean it's the classic age-old order out of chaos kind of theory right um that everything is going to break down and the proverbial air quotes they are going to run in with their uh, solutions that none of us technically want, but we'll, at this rate, we're going to just welcome, you know, run towards, we're going to just eagerly accept our, our impending digital slavery with open arms. Maybe not you, me, or the listener, but uh, people in general, uh, you, we can clearly see where that's headed. Um, people seem to love their slavery these days, Herboria, unfortunately. So yeah, I agree. A lot of these systems uh, and the failing, the cracks are showing. Um, these polls uh, reflect that. And then it gets reported in the media. It gets repeated by politicians. They refer to these things. They say, well, look, 32% of people X, Y, Z. Uh, so, you know, it's all part of the, the plan. And the plan is uh, let it burn, baby. And we're going to build back better. Building back better. And uh, this story also reminds me of here in Mexico, uh, some of the stuff I'm I'm hearing about where I am in the state of Jalisco. Uh, you know, recently 200 state police or you know, the, the, the standard police were under investigation for per participating in kidnapping citizens, right? Those protecting us are actually you know, kidnapping and killing us. But also recently, you've got the transit. There's a special transit police for, uh, you know, who, who look for um, people um, committing um, infractions, I guess, when it comes to driving. They're notoriously corrupt. Uh, but also we have here in Mexico, usually in the weekends, checkpoints uh, where you're, you're forced to stop. You, you might surprisingly come across a checkpoint and uh, you have to, uh, the, the the take a breathalyzer to see if you've uh 
if you're on the limit and then eventually if it's real bad they can take your car throw you in jail for a night and now they're investigating how the, the this transit police doing these alcohol checkpoints uh were taking bribes so again what does one expect when at every level of the government from transit police to police to mayors and governors they are lying and, and thieving and taking bribes and participating in all sorts of corruption it's uh hey but that's that's man man is if you ask me sinful and evil by nature uh all right thanks for that ruckus we uh will be right back after this break tnt radio's katie hopkins regardless of your own personal opinion i find the moral clarity of what he says here to be both refreshing and having sat recently with jewish friends just back in from israel someone standing and saying this i think is precisely the kind of language people are looking for i want to make clear israel's position regarding the ceasefire just as the united states would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11. Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism. There is a time for peace and there is a time for war and Israel will stand. And uh, clearly I've received uh, and I will receive and I will continue to uh, receive a criticism for being a major supporter of Israel. Israel and people's right to have one nation state when Arab countries have 22 or 23, depending on which way you divide them. But I think clarity is needed. Katie Hopkins on TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All righty. On with me is Mr. Adam Ruckus Clark. Long time no speak. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a long-time listener. No, just kidding. But yeah, uh, so a <laughs> lot going on in the world, huh, my friend? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was um, interesting uh, was, and some of my Mexican friends here were asking me about this. They're like, well, I don't understand. What's this thing going on with Bin Laden uh, all of a sudden? And I'm not sure if you caught that. But I, I mentioned the story the other day. How the Guardian had published in I think November of 2002 this you know apparently this this letter Bin Laden wrote that had been translated you know back in the day into English and they posted it they just removed it because it was going viral on on TikTok a lot of young I guess progressive left-wing uh Americans were going crazy reading this letter I I sort of smell like psyop it's kind of odd that this all of a sudden becomes a viral but I've read portions of the letter People can still find that on the Wayback Machine or other websites have reposted it. And Bin Laden, apparently, you know, and we can't forget, Bin Laden was a CIA asset. No matter how much they try to erase this fact, uh, you had Hillary Clinton in an interview saying, yeah, we 
like, you know, armed the, the Mujahideen, which bin Laden was a part of. So in the 80s, he received aid from Pentagon CIA. And there's an actual, I think it was Guardian or another mainstream paper who, which in 2001, reported how in July of 2001, bin Laden, he had been sick. I think he had like a dialysis machine, something with his kidneys. He was in a hospital in Saudi Arabia and CIA agents visited bin Laden in this hospital in July of 2001, a couple months right before 9-11. So again, well, why, are, why are CIA agents visiting bin Laden two months before 9-11? But anyways, if people read the article, uh, he says, why are we fighting and opposing you? He's talking about Palestine. Uh, and again, he makes some, objectively speaking, correct observations. But then he talks about um, creating, bringing Sharia law, right? This totalitarian uh, Islamic system, which again, if if uh, I would probably be headed under Sharia law, or I don't know if Christians who live under Sharia law or Jews, I'm told they're supposed to pay tax, but uh, I definitely would not uh, want to live under Sharia law. What do you make of this whole sort of Bin Laden's letter going viral? Yeah, it's funny, actually. I did report that on Misty Winston's show, I believe, yesterday. Um, it's 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 too it's too unbelievable a timing coincidence. The content of the letter, you know, the the ties to the the Palestinian and Israel thing, uh, it's just so crazy to me. Uh, actually, you you probably you might have missed this part because when I reported the story yesterday, it was under the context that there were some Republican lawmakers who were looking to use this as an excuse to ban TikTok because it went viral on TikTok. There was uh, one one influencer in particular who had like, I forget how many millions of views or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. There was a trending hashtag, right? Uh, Osama's letter to America or whatever it was, right? And she was like, oh, my God, you guys have to stop what you're doing and just read this letter. It totally changed my life. I'm like having an existential crisis right now. It was kind of toned like that. It was pretty like cringy, actually. And then I guess a lot of people, you know, read the letter and then started filming their reactions to this old letter that was, you know, supposedly written by this guy who's supposedly a terrorist. But as you just discussed, was more than likely a, a CIA plant stooge trained we there's so many discrepancies and holes in the whole mainstream narrative about 9-11 uh and when i commented on it with misty winston and then again last night on the boiler room on alternate current radio we brought this up as well i i don't find it it's it's really weird to me that the coincidence that there's all this talk of 9-11 stuff in in the context of what's happening right now with the israel hamas conflict right because you remember, uh, maybe you can tell me who said it, because I don't think it was Netanyahu. I think it was the Israeli president who said it, like on the day that it happened or the following day, they said that this was Israel's 9-11, you know? And if you know the truth about 9-11, obviously we don't know all the truths about 9-11, but we do understand quite clearly the evidence does suggest beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was a false flag operation, right? So leaving all the other different sideways theories about how, who, what, when, where, why, all of that. We all understand and can agree that was a false flag operation. And a country like Israel would also understand such a thing. So why would they, you know, why would they invoke the 9-11 language and concepts and themes? And then this, oh, how mysterious. Oh, wow. We had no idea. Like, 
Osama bin Laden from over 20 years ago resurrecting himself and going viral on TikTok. That's a little like there's too many. Your brain can't wrap your your head around. Like what? This is crazy. This is this is like the the other day they found the 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 copy of uh, Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf supposedly in the Hamas terrorist tunnels. Remember that too. So to me, this is like what are they doing here? You know what I mean? They're trying to inject these old thoughts, emotions, feelings, history. They're trying to attach history to a current event. And then at the same time, as I was just discussing with Misty Winston earlier today, they're trying to erase history by killing the language of what these things mean, like Holocaust, genocide, Nazism, white supremacy, racism, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitism stuff. You know what I'm saying? So uh, all of this is just happening. I, I'm saying ultimately, Harvori, not by accident. And thank you for clarifying for me. You know, I, I hadn't thought about it long enough. I'm always looking at other stuff and I hadn't analyzed the whole Bin Laden resurrection thing. I think you nailed it. You kind of, not, you, you you figured it out for me. I think it's related to TikTok, as you said. They, the, the defense establishment wants to get rid of TikTok because it's it's like one of those little loopholes that still exists, like Telegram uh, and, and Twitter for now and, and TikTok where, Truth can still sort of seep out through there. Uh, it's like whack-a-mole. Uh, and so for whatever reason, they want to get after TikTok. And, you know, perfect uh, pretext. So, um, yeah, we're going to go real quick, Ruckus, to our uh, headlines. We will be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. Big news. Big news. For real big news. Here we go. Now. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Thursday on CBS's Evening News that after the ground operation, Israel is closer to getting Hamas to release the hostages taken during the October 7th terror attack. The former Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, who was sacked on Monday, has said the government needs to end its self-deception about being able to make its flagship Rwanda policy for illegal immigrants palatable to the UK Supreme Court and the European Court of Human Rights. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. All right. We're continuing our discussion with news producer extraordinaire Adam Ruckus Clark and uh, something else that was interesting. I don't know if you caught this Ruckus, but out in russia the russian justice ministry today said it has filed a lawsuit with the nation's supreme court to outlaw the lgbtq plus international public movement as extremist the latest crippling blow against the already beleaguered lgbtq plus community in the increasingly conservative uh country and i i don't have a problem with this uh at all uh you know of course i don't think you know people should be able to do what they want uh, obviously you know for most of history if you wanted to do do you know whatever stuff you know that was kind of weird outside the the, the social norms you, you do it in the, the privacy of your own home uh you know you don't now go outside and shove it down the throats of school children and other people who are opposed completely 
to this uh, ideology. And I think they classify it correctly. International public movement, uh, of course, is sponsored by the globalist West. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, this is interesting. This one kind of, I did see this actually. Um, they, they said some stuff in there. Um, the 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 justice ministry russia uh that so specifically this lgbt movement uh that they want to qualify as an extremist group has been sowing quote social and religious discord end quote and i found that really interesting um and then uh clearly there are parts of the world that are not going to take this news too kindly and it's going to cause more reasons to hate on Russia, right? And then anyone such as yourself who says, hey, I think that's not a bad idea, uh, now clearly is a Putin puppet uh, and and hates some class of people somewhere uh, because you're clearly a hater uh, when you express your opinion these days, sadly. Um, I don't know if you think this might catch on with other, with other countries. They may be like, ah, oh, you know what? we're going to do the same thing now like could this set like could this be like a bellwether kind of an, an event if russia does this other countries might follow suit um you know that wouldn't be a bad thing i read a fascinating article from james Poulos, um who i've interviewed on my podcast how he was talking about the the cat i don't know how you pronounce it catacon catachon uh, which is um in christian theology a political or regime restrainer against the inevitable advent of the antichrist who might not take over the entire world but rules in the name of the world rules under the sign of maximizing worldness and goodness in the intended utter absence of the triune god uh, and that russia perhaps they call it the third rome might be serving this function james discusses uh but also you know he, he writes that it should, that we uh, should not succumb to the temptation of trying to forestall indefinitely the time of judgment. So definitely these are interesting times that we live in. And, and uh, you know, this LGBTQ plus stuff, you know, historically it's always been, you do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home, but normalizing this sort of stuff was never historically, uh, you know, a, a normal thing. And even here in Mexico recently, Again, I don't uh, I don't think this was a good thing that this person died or was killed, but the first non-binary trans LGBTQ plus, I don't even know what he called himself, uh, Mexican judge, uh, was found dead in an apparent murder-suicide. His partner apparently killed him, and then his partner killed himself. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I, would, I do not rejoice in any, the death of anyone, whether it's trans or anything. It's, 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 it's sad, but... Um, you know that that's that's what's going on thank you ruckus we've got our guest here uh aaron with us so uh, we'll we'll catch up in a bit uh ruckus aaron how are you doing i'm doing great Hervoye. how are you doing i'm doing good we had a bit of a uh a, a mix up here but uh, it's good to have you on the tnt for the the first time i was on your podcast recently uh, and I, I i've been enjoying your work you've been interviewing some of the same folks that I've talked to, um, James Corbett, James Raguski, uh, and, and others. If you want to tell us a bit about your, uh, yourself uh, and uh, you know how you got about starting the Subtle Cane podcast. Yeah, and I wanted to say thank you for the, the tip-off on uh, Mr. Terry Wolf. I, I was able to read his book, Fire in the Rabbit Hole, and uh, spoke to him this week. So thank you very much for that. 
Um, so it's a pretty simple story about how I got started. It wasn't that long ago. Um, I was in nursing school during the pandemic and I remember standing at my front door and I was gnashing my teeth and I was just like so frustrated. And I thought, you know, I'm doing all this research. I'm seeing all these things that are wrong and I'm finding that I just, I feel like I have no outlet. And my wife just simply said to me, well, you like podcasts. Why don't you start a podcast? And I thought, well, it's worth a try. And so I bought the equipment and I just started writing out my thoughts and I thought, well, this is more than just a little bit helpful for me. I, I'm starting to feel like uh, maybe this is something God wants me to do. And um, as I got more involved and I, and I started listening to other people and, and learning more and more about what was going on, I mean, I had been um, interested in, I suppose, what we call truther um information you know going down the various uh rabbit holes that i talked to, to terry about and i suddenly realized that there is a place for having um having a christ follower putting out their voice and allowing people to um hear another side of things and also um the idea of the propaganda and the censorship uh i i realized as i was reading some of the materials i've gone through um yost mirlu uh, really spoke to me when i read rape of the mind about how important um it is to have voices of regular people speaking up in in times of censorship and uh under the sort of totalitarian regimes that come into the world. And it's the, it's the fact that you speak against the propaganda that ends up um, eventually defeating it. It's those parallel structures and alternative media is one of those parallel structures. I think that are critical to um, opposing that sort of B system that, that we see being brought into the world. I, I, and I think it's I think it's very healthy for people like you said, like, you know, starting a podcast, starting a Substack, writing a book. Um, it's 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 cathartic in in many ways. Um, it, it helps us deal with the psychologically right, emotionally, mm -hmm. spiritually with the insanity that we've been going through. Um, you know, I started podcasting long ago because I had this itch that I just this intellectual itch that I just couldn't scratch. I needed to learn more mm -hmm. and speak to uh, experts and i just latched onto that vehicle the, the, the podcasting to do that others are doing it through substacking you know back in the day before internet you know, you had diaries writing um opinion letters in newspapers or in the comment section or uh, going to the cafe you know back in, in in europe they they'd go to the cafes and uh, philosophize right so it's very cool uh and you know the, the more the merrier I think when it comes to podcasting and this stuff, as long as you know you're you're doing you're you're driven by this genuine passion, not this desire to get famous and and rich. And and usually in podcasting, it's very <laughs> difficult to become famous and rich. And I didn't I, I didn't get to ask you this when we talked, but I'm I'm curious, what does subtle cane mean? Could you explain that a bit? I can, yeah. So that that comes from. Um, the concept behind Jeremiah 17, 9, uh, where it talks about 
how the heart is um, desperately sick and and deceptive and who can understand it and and along the idea of what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said when he uh, said in Gulag Archipelago um, that the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of every person and so what what subtle Cain to me represented was uh, the ne- the necessary humility one has to have in understanding that all of us have the potential for evil in us all of us have the potential to do the wrong thing in us and it's sort of a play on the Cain and Abel and also how it's it's all the little things in life that add up and and we tend to just always think about these big decisions that you make in life making up who you are but really it's all the little things you do so i try to remember that um i am capable of of doing all of the things that that i despise in the world the sin and the and i am guilty as anybody else and so in all those little decisions i make every day i try to remind myself and that idea of subtle cane is to remind myself that it's always just the next decision that can that can get me into trouble it's all the little things matter yeah that's very good and i would totally um agree because you know no one is in is perfect and uh any of us are capable capable at any moment of um stepping off the straight and narrow right uh and just you know making a complete ruin of things we have to be constantly kept in check let me let me then sort of and rape of the mind i've i keep hearing about that book i've got it on my wish list and now you know uh-huh. so many people have said you got to read it so now you know after you mentioning it again uh i'm definitely gonna get a hard copy uh of that book and how would you sort of to, to, I want to get your, your pulse sort of on where we are uh, in the world. You mentioned tyranny. Uh, looking back, I feel like the, the age of COVID, uh, you know, it felt like 1930s in in many mm-hmm. ways. Uh, I think a lot of people died as a result of the government policy, just as, uh, you know, in a similar, in a different but similar way, people were killed by the governments in the 1930s, right? Uh, yeah. Italy, Spain, Germany. Uh, and so it feels like we're headed into a time, um, you know, we don't know exactly where we're going, but it just seems like we're headed into a crazy time with economic collapse just around the corner. Uh, you know, banks mm-hmm. are, are closing just today. I'm reading a whole dozens of they're shutting things down. They're firing tens of thousands of workers. Things are escalating militarily. It just feels like where we're in uh, for this historic moment where do you sort of feel where we're at um that is that is a hard question uh in the end uh, what i try to focus on mainly is uh reason and and understanding how to critically think when we see all this stuff being thrown at us in the media um and also what where we are grounded and how we are grounded so to answer your question I think that we are looking at uh, a major um, event. I don't know if there's going to be a black swan event or if there's just going to be a culmination of all of these different coinciding um, things that are happening in the world that are going to end up 
causing one big major collapse. Let's say Amer America, United States goes uh, belly up. That's going to be a problem all around the world. And I think everybody kind of recognizes that. Um, it's, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to understand and weed through all of the, the various plot lines that are going on. So I, I keep on trying to come back to what is it that's really important and what, what is it that I personally have agency in. And I want to relay a little story for you along those lines, if you don't mind, quick. Yeah. So I was in my favorite coffee shop the other day, and I, I get all espressoed up, and I, and I furiously scribble away in my notebook, and that's how I do some of my writing. And in the coffee shop, there was a somewhat prominent politician um, that I recognized who was speaking to a man uh, wearing a KN95 mask. And in, in a very crowded um, coffee shop, the only one there not drinking or eating because he's got this mask on. There's a reason why I'm bringing this up. And he was petitioning for more surveillance of our wastewater, more surveillance in the city on, with cameras, and more surveillance uh, testing and mask mandates. And, you know, I, I'm a polite person. I'm trying not to overhear. But at this point, I, my attention's been drawn, and, I, and I'm that guy eavesdropping. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to, but I am. I can't help myself. And, I, and it struck me at, in that moment that... There's always going to be the KN95 mask guy petitioning a politician. And it really, it really struck me, Hervoye, because I was thinking to myself, am I doing enough where I actually have agency in my local community? Am I engaged enough? Am I, am I, meeting, am I meeting the needs where I can? Uh, I, we spend a lot of time, and it's important, and I, and I love the work that you do and all the disparate voices you hear from. It, it is so important. Uh, but that's kind of where I've been sitting these last few days since that incident where, I, uh, where I'm just really um, questioning how much more I could be doing in, in the area that I have agency. And I don't know if that sidestepped the question too much, but that that's what's on my heart right now. No, and, and and this is my this is what I try to do is uh you know maybe some of the questions that I ask aren't the right questions. And what I actually want from my guests is to get what is on their heart uh, out you know you know what is on their minds currently most most important. And I want to I want to come back uh talking talking about this continue, continuing along these lines but we do have to jump to our uh, a break and let me just remind people they can go to subtle cane that's subtle c-a-i-n dot substack dot com uh to subscribe to aaron's uh, substack and then you'll find the podcast in the po podcast ecosystem whichever podcast player you uh prefer uh, phone line is open as well we'll be right back the climate agenda is a national security risk where do you hear this from washington dc this is the morano minute with your host tnt radio's mark morano the climate and energy policies of california are threatening the security of residents california has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from five percent just 25 years ago to more than 75 percent today according to heartland analysts 
Texas, Ronald Stein, California, is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to in-state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT. Challenging Radio. the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint. Researcher William Doyle of the Caesar Rodney Election Research Institute, CREI, found grants from Zuckerberg's favored nonprofits, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, rivaled federal and state COVID-related election expenses, with CTCL and CEIR together accounting for an 85% increase in total additional election funding. And that largest was concentrated in a relatively small number of heavily democratic municipalities. Both organizations were founded by left-wing activists with ties to top progressive advocacy groups. Although CTCL and CEIR are chartered as non-partisan 501c3 corporations, CREI research suggests the $419.5 million of CTCL and CEIR spending that took place in 2020 was highly partisan in its distribution and its effects. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with Aaron Smith. Do check out his Subtle Cane podcast. Follow it uh, wherever um, you follow podcasts and his Substack, subtlecane.substack.com. And just to go back to what you were mentioning that that was on your uh, heart and mind uh, regarding agency and focusing more on where we are living locally. And actually, I was sort of thinking along those lines today because, you know, I follow a lot of people on my Telegram and Twitter and all that to stay up to date with what's going on. And I I see some of these people, some that I've interviewed, pushing in their Telegram with a lot of followers, uh, the whole Israel-Gaza stuff, right? Trying to create rallies or in the digital sphere to rally people. And I was just kind of thinking, uh, and, and, and they were really, you know, getting uh how would you say passion and say hey let's let's do this twitter thing and and i'm i'm just kind of thinking it's kind of i feel like they're stretching it a bit uh, kind of to what you're saying where how am i by retweeting or something gonna affect this international uh event i mean if, if people kind of can sort of understand what i'm saying i'm not saying you know we shouldn't try but i feel like too much emphasis is put uh, on this sort of stuff where people are too uh into trying to affect events on the other part of the world whereas as you say um we should get we should go down and visit our local um governors or uh in our community see what what projects and programs are going on and i think it keeps you more sane no because there are listeners of mine they're they're freaking out about i'm using this example but you know 5g this and injections and what's happening yeah. on that part of the world and harp and all this and i'm just like uh I, you know your thoughts on this and how to stay grounded 
or as Rick Moon says, uh, you know, trying to stay sane because as we go yeah. forward, I think the psychological operations will get even more intense now. Well, the psychological operations are are something that we need to really take seriously. Um, I was uh, in civil affairs. We worked alongside psychological operations, and I and I and I trained with those uh, soldiers. And just talking to them, uh, much less what I've learned in, in research, is, is you really understand how advanced behavioral psychology is, and and. The fact that we're living so much of our lives in virtual space, and you're right, it's important to understand the the geopolitical environment as well. But it's also important to understand that when you're on, in this virtual world that, that we get dragged into, that um, we can be like a bull with a ring in our nose. You know, the, the bull is a magnificent beast. I mean, it's a half a ton of muscle and bone. But if you put a ring in that bull's nose, someone my size or smaller can direct that bull's movements very easily because that bull's nose is full of nerve endings. And what we do when we tap into social media and when we tap into these places and we allow these um, different narratives and these different operations and even just our, our genuine empathy, we allow that to be like a ring in our nose. And, and we allow ourselves to be dragged around and we become almost ineffective in, in the world within, within which we have agency because we're not focused on what's in front of us. And so there's a difference between having an awareness of things around us and being disengaged from real life because we're hijacked by it and we can become emotionally hijacked. I see people... Um, they're, they can drive by somebody, a homeless person on the street who's starving and freezing in Wisconsin. They can drive by them while they're listening to something about a place, you know, thousands of miles away, and they're lamenting what's happening thousand miles away. And maybe that's a genuine lament, but, but it isn't helping what's right in front of you that you actually could do something about. And, and I, there needs to be a balance. And so I, I try to advocate for that, and I'm trying to do that in my life. And, and as an example, you know, um, walk the walk, yeah, the, as they say. Yeah, and I think we need to constantly be reminded um, of this and kind of what you're talking about, these narratives every day, you know, they want us to get hyped up, up about stuff. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not by, I'm not taking the bait. Uh, you know, even with this Israel-Palestine, it's really, for me, the camel that's broke the... But the, the the straw that's broken the camel's back, uh, right? Where, you know, before it's COVID and then Ukraine and Israel, Palestine, and I'm just like, I'm I'm out, I'm out. You know, I'm not. It's not my thing, as you say. It's it's over there. I'm I'm a Slav yeah. from Croatia. I'm uh, Mexican now. Uh, I got my own problems. I don't want to get involved there. Yeah. You guys work it out. Um, and I think they they want us to choose a side. They want us to get all riled up um glo globally right and yes. i'm like no and i am I'm, I'm, I'm actually finding more time now to read uh you know all these stacks of books behind me some of which i have never read that have been sitting here for a decade and i'm like i'm getting back to reading uh that's my way of staying sane uh and and developing this foundational knowledge of, of history which we need to understand current events uh as well 
And so I'm not playing the game. Uh, it's like the, the the War Games movie. The only way to win is not to play. Uh, I think more and more going forward, that's some of the best uh, advice. We got a couple minutes uh, left. You know, other thoughts as to what's going on. Uh, you, you call yourself a Christ follower. You know, one question that I am asking myself constantly now is, mm-hmm. what pos- what position should I hold now when it comes to, you know, Christianity in, in, in Israel? Uh, there's Zionism, this stuff. And I just, I, and then again, they try to pull us into these different camps. And look, I just say, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm not a Zionist. I'm not this or that. Uh, and it's, it's getting really tough, uh, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on on this or uh, any other issues? I know that it's uh, it's been so overused, but um, that just asking myself the question uh, of, what what would Jesus be doing if he was in that position? And so uh, one thing that it's clear to us it, that whenever there's these conflicts, it's always the little guy who ends up holding the tab. The, the little guy always ends up holding the bill. So no matter who they are, it's going to be the ambitions of, of powerful and and influential organizations and individuals and and the people that are going to pay for it are going to be the ones that are just trying to live their lives and so i try to empathize with anybody who's feeling the hardship that that these conflicts of of elitist people um cause in their lives there there's really only those that are causing the problem and those that are uh, enduring the problem and and just want to live their lives and, and it it's hard to it's hard to differentiate between um, which is which all the time and we allow ourselves to be co-opted so often and, and you see this all over and it's and it's usually it's usually the Satan loves to use um, our our positive, our virtues against us, and so true empathy and and in a in a big heart and and caring about people, those things are co opted and used against our own best interests and the interests of others, because people are in general they do care about other people, um, and they allow themselves to get you know, led around and, and emotionally hijacked and calm and rational thought. Yeah. I was, I've also been thinking about this recently, how, you know, water, which is a great thing, uh, if used against, you know, you can be waterboarded to death. Uh, so, uh, the devil will use, you know, it's the whole idea of the whole brave new world, right? Use all pleasure and good things to, to destroy us. Uh, and as you said, the timeless idea, I think you're, you're spot on. Um, it's always the little guy holding the bag. We're out of time. 30 seconds left. Again, I urge people to subscribe to your Substack and podcast. Where, where do we go again? Uh, my website is subtlecane at buzzsprout.com. Otherwise, uh, subtlecane podcast on Substack. And um, th- that is where I post everything that I do. And uh, I'm not on any social media. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you'll see a few different uh, episodes specifically talking about uh, social media. So I 
I hope that you stop by and check it out. And I really, really appreciate you giving me some time, Herboye. Thank you very much, uh, and God bless. Th thank you. Thank you, Raren. <laughs>